Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 4 and uh, verse 1, and uh, we're going to talk about something we need in this season. We're going to talk about boldness. Now, as they spoke to the people, Peter had just healed the man that had been lame from birth, and Jerusalem was abuzz with excitement until the devil showed up. The Bible said the priests, the captains, the temples, the Sadducees didn't just come to hear. It said they came upon them, meaning they came with a level of aggression. They came with scowls on their face. These were the men or the group that had just crucified Jesus and all that were watching, you know, they they were wondering would the disciples be next. So here for the disciples, we had the moment of truth. Would the disciples cower and run as they did the night that Jesus was betrayed? Or had something changed since the resurrection and since the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Here's what I know. Life will test you over and over and over and over and over again until you pass. And the counsel being greatly, not just a little bit, greatly disturbed. Now, we will all face opposition. That's life. And then, you know, being a a follower of Christ, you're going to deal with things. But but what I want to say to you, because a lot of us, we kind of get surprised when we run into trouble and conflict and, and opposition. All having an enemy means is that at some point you have stood up for something in your life. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached, so they, they taught, but with preaching comes a, a boldness and is, is more of a proclamation. So these guys were not guessing, there was no ifing and, and, uh, and, in their communication. They taught and they preached the resurrection from the dead. Now, this was a very dangerous idea back then, just like it is today. Why? Because if we believe in a God that raises the dead, it removes the ultimate fear of anything we could experience in life. You understand? Resurrection means we can bounce back and come back from anything. So if you believe that about God, you're not going to be but so afraid of what the devil can do to you in life. So the resurrection takes the limits off our our fears here. Verse 3, and they laid hands on, this was not a gentle arrest. They, they, they grabbed them up. They snatched them up by the collars, if you will, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already dark. It was already getting dark, or it was already evening. But you need to keep in mind that, that this was uh, like, you know, the United States, you know, uh, back in, in the 40s and 50s. Many times, if certain of us went to jail, you didn't come back out. And this was the reality in the ancient world. When you went to jail, uh, 99.9% of the times you did not come out. So everything was being done to frighten and intimidate the disciples. But we see the attitude 
of the 12 here. The question was not who's going to let me preach this gospel, but who's crazy enough to try to stop me? This was the attitude of the disciples, and it ought to be ours. Verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day, so they spent a night in prison, uncomfortable, rodents, all the rest. So they go through the, the night, and their rulers, their elders, the scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were all gathered together in Jerusalem. So here we have the most powerful leaders in the nation, all with an ax to grind about to rule on the disciples. When they brought them out of jail, they had set them in the midst to, to, to humiliate them, but to also show them who was in charge. And they were saying, we are the alpha dog. We, you, you have no business speaking the way you're speaking, sharing the things you're sharing, and we're about to put an end to it. And they asked the disciples, by what power or by what name have you done this? And the disciples folded and ran like last time. No. Watch the next verse. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't miss this. Peter didn't stand up because he was great, because we already found out Peter wasn't so great. Peter bragged that he would never betray the Lord. He would never run from the Lord. He would die with the Lord. But guess what happened when push came to shove? Peter ran just like everybody else. But something happened to Peter. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, he didn't stand up because he was great, but because he was filled with the great one. You see, religious fo religion focuses on filling our churches with people. But the gospel focuses on filling people with our God. And these were gospel-centered men and women and they recognized that the ultimate problem of humanity was not political, it was not economic, it wasn't even racial, it was spiritual. So when these men were filled with the Holy Spirit, they, they, they acted in a way they had never acted before. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he was not filled, and this is important, and you're not filled to do easy things. He was filled to do impossible things. So if you have an impossible situation today, that's why the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, filling you to resolve the issue. So Peter stood there. Again, last time he cowered, last time he feared, he sat out. You know, Jesus was, they smacked Jesus. And, and by the way, Jesus had never been hit in front of the disciples before. And he was warming himself at a fire. And, and a little girl recognized him. And, 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 and Peter ran and started cursing, calling down all types of stuff from a little girl here. But we see a very, very different Peter here. He looked these rulers in their eyes and said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, and that's who we're here to do, help the helpless, help the hopeless. 
By what means he has been made well, 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 let it be known to all y'all, all of you, all y'all, but that, all y'all, that, that's the spirit. It's like all y'all need to understand. I'm not the same Peter. We're not the same man as just a, a little over a month ago. Something has happened. Let it be known to all y'all and to all Yeah, get the attitude of these men. And Peter and John like, did I stutter? They they refused to shrink their faith to make others feel comfortable with their small faith. He said, let it be known. I'm not afraid of you. I will not be pushed and and I will not change for you. you. You are not my God. Let it be made known to all y'all and all the people that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why did he tack on that Nazareth? Because Joshua, Yeshua was his name. And it's like, don't confuse him with any other. Joshua was a common name. No, I'm talking about the, the boy from Nazareth. I'm talking about the one you killed, you crucified, and arose from the dead. And by the way, it was a death sentence to accuse. Please understand. This, this, this is not, you know, our nice world today. You, you, when you stood in the face of the Sanhedrin and, and you took an attitude uh, like this, these guys had just again murdered Jesus. You know, for them to stand up and, 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 and basically what, what they're about to say, well, actually what they said is, is that God had vindicated Jesus by raising him from the dead. And they're basically calling these men evil men and, 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 and men that perpetrated a crime against God himself. The audaciousness. I mean, these guys were bold. It was absolutely incredible what these guys were, were, were saying. That by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God, you see? Raised from the dead by him, the man you just killed. Look at all them in the eye. This man that was paralyzed stands here before you. And here's what the disciples are trying to teach us in this narrative. You see, fear doesn't necessarily stop death, but it will stop life. And the moments that the disciples became fearless, they became limitless. See, you may have some critics, but only God has a heaven and hell to put you in. And these disciples spoke boldly in the face of physical risk, personal hurt. Many of the disciples had families. We know Peter had a wife. This, was a, this wasn't a, a theoretical and ideological. This, this was an imaginary. Or they weren't just preaching to a mirror. There were going to be real consequences for the things that happened here. Verse 13. And watch this. Now, when they saw, when they saw, and there's some things the devil's going to have to see before he backs off in your life. No, no, it's important to pray. I, I pray. And they prayed. They will get to that. And what we do, we, we pray bold prayers, but then in person we become weak. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. 
You see, when Jesus is your teacher, your education or lack of it really don't matter. And they started putting two and two together, and it says, and they realized that they had been like Jesus because only Jesus acted this way. Only Jesus took such a tone. The disciples made these men scratch their heads. And I want you to know that God wants you to make some people scratch your, their, their heads. You understand what I'm saying? It's one thing to be with a, a theology book. It's another thing to be in a room with, with people that, that agree with you. But it's another thing to be with God. And when they recognize, forgive me for saying it, their swag, when they recognize their manner of speech, when they, they, they recognize that these men weren't going to let anybody put them in their place, when they recognize a dignity from beyond this world in the eyes of these unschooled and untrained men, they're like these men are just like the man we were trying to kill. And you become like the people you hang around, whether you like it or not. And one of my greatest aspirations is to become as righteously stubborn as my Jesus. Skip to verse 18. So they called them. Again, this is a group, it mentions some of the names that were in the group. The Sanhedrin had at least 70 men. So this is a large group of men against the 12. They're outnumbered, outpowered. And these men come pointing their fingers in these incredible robes. They're well-dressed and they have servants surrounding them, soldiers at their beck and call. So they called them and commanded them. They said, disciples, don't speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. But you see, it's amazing how bold we are in other names today. We're bold about every other label except the name of Jesus. But folks, I want you to understand, there's still power in that name. And the disciples understood that. So please, just get the picture. Powerful men, robed, soldiers, servants, uh, they, 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 they're very, very, very intimidated. School, smarter than, than the disciples in many respects. But Peter and John, it's good to have a boy, answered. And we need to start answering our opponents and not just running and cowering every time they speak. And please listen, I, 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 I'll be nice as I can, but, 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 but you really don't want to push me too far because my mom and dad didn't raise me that way. You understand what I'm saying? I'll be nice and I'll try to be professional, but you really don't want to push me into a corner. And these men began to push and the disciples were, were bold, but they, they, they had been somewhat pleasant. But now the disciples have to respond and they looked at them. So hear what you said, but here's a question. Whether is it right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God? You judge. 
The conclusion here was self-evident. And by the way, this is why I don't argue much with people that say God told them something. Why? Because uh, time will prove what an argument can't. And after a little while, we're going to see whether it was God or, or not. Verse 21. So when they had further what? Threatened them. So this goes on for a while. And they're, they're, they're intimidating and they're trying to frighten, trying to get under the skin. They're pushing buttons of the disciples. But we see here, yes, the disciples dug in, but so did the Sanhedrin. So when you, you face a worthy opponent, recognize their power, but also recognize yours. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of, of punishing them, not because they didn't want to, but because the people, that's what the Bible said, because of the people, since they had all glorified God for what had been done. In other words, the disciples had done so much good that it was no longer in the best interest of the Sanhedrin to, to, to do what they wanted to do to the disciples. And here's what I want to happen with us. May our impact be so great. May we do so much good in the earth, in our neighborhood, in our marriages, in our families, and on our jobs, that even though some folks don't like us, they know they better leave us alone. Verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own. So they had to let them go. But, but we also see where they went. And this is why church is so important. I know some folks think it's irrelevant and all that. Uh, you crazy. And you ain't never had a, a life issue really hit you. Uh, if you feel you don't need a people you can go to, a people you can run to, people who could pray for you. And they being let go, they went to the where, 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 the what? Who's your own? Who's your own? They went to their own. And they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they didn't sugarcoat the threats. They didn't pretend, you know, it wasn't as, as, as it was. They told it just like it was, threats and all. So when everybody heard, what did the church do? They criticized Paul and, and John, I'm sorry, Peter and John saying, why, why, why are you so controversial? Why, why, are you, why, 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 why don't you just, you know, try to, try to be nice and fit it? No, they didn't turn on each other. What they did is they turned to God in deeper prayer. What I'm about to say is really important. What I'm about to say is why we laid this whole foundation coming to this point. They raised their voice to God instead of starting again, complaining against Peter, complaining against John. Why you put my family in harm's way? They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, not the Sanhedrin, not our opposition who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And then we find that for five verses, this group quotes scripture. And you need to, to have some Bible quoting, crazy, believing, God-believing people in your life that you can run to when you're in trouble. In verse 29, then he said, Now, Lord, look on their threats. Didn't deny their threats. But Lord, we can't defeat them. We, we can't overcome them. The, Rome gave the Sanhedrin power. We, we, we are just a small group of people. But Lord, you look on their threats. 
Now, here's what I'm getting at. Notice they did not ask for God to stop the threats. You didn't hear me yet. They didn't pray. God, if you're God, you will stop the Sanhedrin. You'll stop the threats. You'll stop the trouble. You'll stop the problems. There'll be no more conflict. God, if you're God, show yourself strong and stop it. That's not what they prayed. What they prayed is, Lord, make us strong in the midst of it. And I'm not going to tell you that there won't be any more trouble. I'm not going to tell you there won't be any more trouble or, or problems. What I'm telling you is God can make you strong in the midst of it. That's the desire of God's heart. Your situation, this is so important. Your situation will not change until you do. Many of us are saying, Lord, change my situation. And God said, the situation is there because I need you to change. Your situation will not change until you do. And I can think about moments in my life, miles in my journey. Lord, if you're God, stop this, God. Why, why, why are these people in my life? Why do I keep going through the same thing? How come the same test keeps happening? God, what's going, where are you, God? I thought you were powerful. I thought you were strong. Well, the issue was not God's weakness. The issue was basically I was going to have to deal with as much as I was willing to put up with. And until I changed, my situation wouldn't change. And many of you are saying, change my marriage. Change my finances. Change, 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 you know, my relationships. But God is saying, they'll change only after you change. And the real change needs to happen in the man in the mirror. Do you understand? And we, we're praying, Lord, change the nation. God's saying, change the church. Church, you change, and I'll change the nation. He's saying, God, I want my family. You change, and I'll change your family. Saying, change my marriage. You change, and I'll change your marriage. But you got to change. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And Lord, rapture me, take me away, kill them, none of that. They didn't ask to escape or even pretend it wasn't there. But here's their prayer. And here is, ought to be our prayer today. And grant to your servants that with small levels, a modicum amount of, that with all boldness. See, I appreciate how far you come, but sometimes we don't go far enough. You're like, Lord, Lord you know, we, we've shown some boldness, but, 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 but I know we're still not where we need to go. With all boldness that they may speak your word. Now, they understood something that we need to understand today. The answer is in God's word. But the challenge is the courage to keep speaking it in the face of opposition. But here's what I know. A lion doesn't lose sleep over the opinion of a sheep. In church, we need to rise up with boldness, fearlessness, 
speak with our shoulders squared, looking folk in the eye, declaring what we know to be true, because that is the only answer. And until we get bold, the devil's going to continue to do all that he's doing. And I know, and, and please pray for the, the nation, pray for our president, pray for the Congress, pray for the House Senate and, and the Supreme Court justices, pray for your governors, the states, the mayor, pray for all those folks. But let me tell you something. It's not so much that we're waiting for them to change. If my people call by my name, would just humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from the cowardly, weak, sniveling ways. I will hear from heaven and heal the land. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.